Welcome to Unbreak Your Health, a podcast program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. And today our topic is craniosacral therapy, and our guest is Dr. Lisa Upledger, a doctor of chiropractic, a certified craniosacral therapist since 1991 at the Upledger Clinic, a certified instructor at the Upledger Institute, and a certified examiner for the craniosacral therapy certification program. Dr. Lisa also teaches craniosacral therapy at clinical symposiums, along with her husband, Dr. John Upledger, developer of craniosacral therapy and founder of the Upledger Institute. Dr. William Sutherland discovered the bones of the skull aren't locked into place 100 years ago, but it was your husband, Dr. John Upledger, that extended the research into the craniosacral system while he was at Michigan State, didn't he? Yes, that's correct. He did research then. He had had an interesting incident that had happened that allowed him to see the motion of the membranes of the craniosacral system, and he became very curious about what that was. And so he did some research at Michigan State University and came up with a hypothesis about how the system possibly works and extended it, as you say, more from the bones into the membranes. Dr. Upledger took cranial osteopathy from a technique that was taught only to osteopaths and doctors into one that can be used by massage therapists and many others, making it much more widely available. How many people have been trained by the Upledger Institute now? I want to say probably now up to around at least 100,000. What is craniosacral therapy? Well, it's a wonderful therapy. It's a very gentle, hands-on, non-invasive type of therapy. It's full body. Most people, of course, think that it just involves the cranium and the sacrum, but it doesn't. It's full body, and it works with the body's own innate energies for correction and healing. So in craniosacral therapy, what we are doing, we are looking to evaluate and treat the restrictions that are found in the body that might inhibit what we call the craniosacral system. And the craniosacral system is that system of membranes that surrounds the brain and the spinal cord. So it houses our main core organs there, the brain and the spinal cord. And the craniosacral system has what we call the craniosacral rhythm. It has an innate rhythm within it, and that is to move the cerebral spinal fluid throughout the spinal cord. The cerebral spinal fluid doesn't go outside of the cranial sacral system, outside the membrane system, but it needs to be able to move within the brain. It needs to be able to move down through the spinal cord because it needs to move that cerebral spinal fluid. You know, when you take a spinal tap and they evaluate the cerebral spinal fluid, that fluid is what brings nutrients to the nerves. It washes away the metabolites, the toxins in the nervous system. It cushions the brain, of course. It's in the fluid, so when you walk, your brain's not slamming up against your skull. It also has chelators. So if there's something that's toxic that gets across that blood-brain barrier, it helps to pull those out. So that fluid needs to be able to move throughout the brain and the spinal cord. So the rhythm that we feel called the craniosacral rhythm is modulated by the craniosacral system, and that's the work that John did, what you were just talking about at Michigan State University. He came up with what he called a pressure stat model to have an understanding of how that motion happens. But the interesting thing thing about that motion, about that rhythm, is that you can feel it full body. And again, just a hypothesis, just a model of it, not understood exactly why, but one possibility that John came up with is that because of this motion and the rhythmical movement up against the frontal cortex or the motor cortex can modulate that rhythm throughout the whole myofascial system. 
So those of us who do cranial sacral therapy, what we learn first is how to gently palpate this very gentle kind of expanding and contraction motion of the cranial sacral system, of the cranial sacral motion. And it's a very gentle kind of motion. It, it doesn't have like a heart behind it, like blood, like pumping it, or it doesn't have, you know, the, the lungs to be able to inhale or exhale strongly, but it has a very nice gentle kind of rhythm to it. So as a cranial sacral therapist, what I'm interested in when I put my hands on a body, I want to be able to feel that cranial sacral rhythm throughout the body. And if it's, there's not motion in an area, then there's a restriction of some kind. There's a restriction within the fascia, within the tissues, within the bone, within the organ, or on the cranium, within the bones, within the meninges themselves, within the membrane that surrounds the brain and spinal cord. There's three meningeal layers, but that outer layer is called the dura the dura mater, the tough mother, because it's a, it's a tough kind of membrane that surrounds it. So we actually can palpate the motion and we want to be able to remove the restrictions, particularly within the dura membrane, because any kind of restriction there will definitely put restriction into the central nervous system, where you don't want it. You don't want them anywhere, but particularly in the central nervous system. So our job is to palpate and to find where the restrictions are that by nature would just inhibit this central nervous system because, again, that craniosacral system is that system which houses the brain and spinal cord. But you can have restrictions anywhere in the body, and because we are all connected, we're just like one big piece of fascial tissue anyway, connective tissue. You know, we've got hollowed out areas for organs and our different various things in us, but you can, you know, you can stub your toe and through the fascia, have it go up the leg and into the hip and through the sacrum and go up pull into the dura and get up into the head and cause a headache. You know, you have to trace where these things come from. And again, as a cranial sacral therapist, I'm looking for in the body where the restrictions are, where I don't feel the rhythm moving so well or not at all. And then I just place my hands on it. We work a lot with intention. Intention touch is very important. And then working with that and working with this innate rhythm, just allow the body to gently restore the rhythm to the area and let the body kind of unwind or move itself or do what it needs to do in order to take itself out of the restriction of how it got there. And therefore, reestablishing the craniosacral rhythm, the structure, the anatomy, and therefore the function. But I'm just talking about this main one that John did the research on. It, and again, it, it's like a, we call it flexion and extension, but it's, it's kind of a, a narrowing and a widening that you feel that's going on with the body, with the tissues. And it just kind of moves the fluids, all the fluids through the body. What does it feel like when a practitioner listens with their hands to the flow in the patient's body? It feels, it's just very gentle. It feels very calming. I think the best visual I could give on it, it's almost like a lava lamp, you know. It's got a little viscosity to it, but it's got a nice flow. And when it's free of restriction, it can be very easy and very light and it kind of crescendos and then decrescendos and then, you know, just kind of does an ebb and flow. Does an ebb and flow. <laughs> it's hard to describe because it's something you have to feel. What types of health problems will this type of therapy work best on? Well, I know about best on. It's interesting that I have seen this therapy work from extreme severe chronic kind of illnesses and problems to just, you know, everyday little aches and pains. Because, again, it's not so much as you're honing in on a problem as you're honing in on getting the restrictions out of the body 
wherever they may be, so that the body then can do its most optimal type of function. And again, particularly, you are targeting the central nervous system. So it's very good for chronic kinds of pains and illnesses. I've seen it work beautifully, too, with people with different types of severe illnesses and autoimmune problems because, again, you're moving, you're helping all fluids to move in the body, not just the cerebral spinal fluid, but because you have this gentle action going full body, it moves all fluids intracellular, extracellular, lymph, blood. And of course, whenever you have stagnation in an area, just like a free-flowing river or stream, if it gets blocked up or dammed up and it, it can't move, then it just becomes, starts getting full of debris and it becomes a breeding ground for, you know, viruses, bacteria, fungus, whatever. It's the same thing that can happen in a body. When you don't have mobility in an area, it just becomes stagnant and then it becomes a breeding ground. That's why exercise is, is so good and one of the reasons why. I should say, why exercise is so good for a body and massage and these kinds of things because it moves. It keeps that stagnation from happening. And so craniosacral therapy does that same thing. So it's good for all kinds, all types of problems. It sounds like craniosacral therapy could also be a very effective therapy for prevention. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, and many people use it that way, particularly once they start coming. People leave feeling wonderful because you balance that autonomic nervous system out. You get to all that all that tension, all that stress, the fight-or-flight mechanism just gets to come right down and gets rebalanced, which is so important to health. So people very soon realize that. So people, even after their problem gets fixed up, they very often come back just for the, again, for the prevention, for the health of it. And those of us as therapists, we get treated, you know, we know that very well, you know, get a lot of treatment. (laughs) Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. Yeah, you've called craniosacral therapy a light touch therapy, and I've heard patients say that it often feels like nothing is happening during a treatment, but they feel a huge difference afterwards. Is that common? Yeah, yeah, it's very common. We teach to palpate the craniosacral rhythm with just the weight of a nickel, you know, five grams the weight of a nickel because the system is, is very light. It's very easy to feel it and to palpate, but you don't need much pressure to feel it and you don't need much pressure to work with it. We're not doing something to it. We're working within the rhythm itself and doing things with it to help it to free itself up. So very often it doesn't feel like much, and but yet people can feel a huge difference afterwards. True. And what should patients expect during their first visit? Well, what should they expect? Hopefully we expect they get to feel better afterwards, <laughs> you know. Um, the therapists will evaluate them. They will evaluate the cranial sacral rhythm and system, just as I was saying, looking for the restrictions in the area and start to work with that area. We have methods of how we look to find where we need to start working and gently do that, you know. And, of course, it depends upon the person, upon the problem, how they're going to respond or to the severity of a problem. Sometimes with severe illnesses and problems, you have to work lightly and not so much because the body can only tolerate this so much. Others, you know, you can get right in there and and get going and, you know, work even deeper than on some other people and when the problem's not so severe. And 
just expect to enjoy it, usually. I mean, you get to lay on the table fully clothed for an hour or so with a nice gentle touch going and rebalancing happening. And again, people love it because... It is non-invasive, and it's very much working, as I say, with the innate body, with the innate wisdom of the body. So for most people, it feels like they can't understand what it is. They don't know what happens. It doesn't feel like much, but it felt really right. And a lot of people feel like, yeah, this is something that can really help me. They feel that innately, and that's wonderful because we want to work with the person that way. Can craniosacral therapy be used at any age? Yes. Frankly, it's, 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 <laughs> we as therapists, we'd love to have people in the delivery room, you know, because you can help a whole lot of problems from not happening if you get them right away. And so when we have mothers who have delivered patients, we like to, as soon as you can get up here with a child, we've even had therapists go into hospitals after the birth. And, of course, it's wonderful for the elderly because part of the problem as we age is we slow down, we don't move our fluids as well, you know, particularly through our cranium getting good blood flow and good fluid flow. So it's very good. One of the techniques we kind of do is something we call cranial pumping to really help to move those fluids so that, you know, can help with the clarity, the mental clarity. So all ages, yes. And it's because it's so gentle. It's fine for, for the infirm and it's fine for the very healthy. And you very nicely led me into my next question. Is cranial sacral therapy safe during pregnancy? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Yes, worked on many a pregnant mother. <laughs> yeah. Would craniosacral therapy be beneficial for our wounded warriors coming home from Iraq and Afghanistan with head injuries? Oh, thank you so much for asking that question. <laughs> I really appreciate that because we're kind of chomping at the bit. We're actually going to start working soon. We just have a foundation that's just starting to get going, a not-for-profit. We want to get programs to work on the vets, absolutely. We did years ago, it's probably a good 10 years now, that we worked on Vietnam vets who were 100% disabled with post-traumatic stress disorder, the PTSD. And we took six at a time and had them at the clinic for two weeks, and we had anywhere from two or three therapists on them, and we did great with a lot of them. We really did. It was beautiful to watch. And this is happening now, and also the traumatic brain injury that is happening because of the explosions and the concussions. I mean, again, it's just what I was saying. Because cranial psychotherapy can do so well with getting down deep into brains, deep into the meninges, into the tissues, and free those things up. And we've worked a lot with head injuries, closed head injuries, open head injuries over time. And it, it's beautiful. It's great work for it. And so we're hoping, once again, we'd love to be able to, to get the funds and get it going and do some more vet projects. We would love to be doing this. Has there been any research on the health benefits of cranial sacral therapy? We have a, um, a compilation of research that's been done just for the testing and the validation of the cranial sacral system itself and the cranial sacral rhythm because we go against conventional medicine in saying that cranial bones move. But many, many years ago, I think back in the 70s, John went and he lectured about cranial sacral therapy. He was in Israel and he lectured and he talked about the cranial bones and them moving and this kind of thing and he kind of looked at his audience. His audience was all medical doctors and uh, they just kind of kind of bored and so he thought he needed to explain it again and so the gentleman who had brought him over the doctor had brought him over said john why don't you why don't you take a break now okay so he took john out into the hallway and down and, and down into a room into a library and pulled the book off the shelf 
because in Europe in those areas they get their anatomy from the Italians, it says that the cranial bones don't fuse, and if they do, it's pathological. So for them to hear about cranial bones moving and, and not fusing was like nothing. They already knew this. You know, they were they were kind of waiting for him to move on in a conversation here, you know. So it's just different that way. So this defies that. And I don't know, I don't hear about it that much anymore about people saying, oh, cranial bones don't move. But, you know, when I started this work back in the early 90s, and I know for John, too, back in the 70s and that, I mean, that, that was a big thing. Cranial bones don't move. They're fused. So, but I don't think that's as much of an issue anymore. <laughs> What is somato-emotional release? Well, somato-emotional release is a branch of craniosacral therapy that, again, just kind of presented itself to John one time. And somato means body. So it's emotions releasing from the body. Because all we're looking to do is get the rhythm to come back, to get the restriction out of the tissues. Whatever needs to be released from there needs to come out so that can happen. Sometimes in body tissues, the emotions are stuck. And when you think about it, when you feel emotions, when you feel the very hard, difficult type of emotions, and I mean even even happiness and joy, you know, you feel that. It's in your body. It's not in your mind. It's not in your thought. It, you feel it. It's something that you feel. And when we have negative, difficult emotions, when we have the traumas, when we have grief and sorrow and pain and sadness and fear and anger and um, disappointment, these emotions, our bodies contract around we want to contract around them because we don't want to feel them and we, we just kind of want to stuff them. So as we're releasing tissues, sometimes emotions come out. They just It's just there. It's not that we're trying to prod somebody or get something that uh, happened that isn't there. The body presents it. The body, the soma, the tissues, it brings it to you. It brings it to your awareness in the hands. It, it just... Sometimes this comes flooding out. And we talk about having the memory within the tissues. You have RNA and DNA within cells. You have the consciousness. And this is, this is again, I think it was back in the 70s and John was at Michigan State and he had a patient. And she was sent to him from the psychiatric department. He was just palpating her, uh, what we call the sacred iliac joint, just because she was having low back pain. Um, he got her leg in a certain position, and her purse was sitting next to, to him on a chair. And she picked it up, and she swatted him with it, you know, hit him in the head with her purse. And John, being being the curious fellow he did, he didn't, you know, which was good, he didn't say, that's it, you're back to the psychiatrist. You know, he said, what's going on here? And she said, I'm sorry, Dr. Upledger, I'm not hitting you. I'm hitting the intern who's leaning on my leg. And she had flipped back into the memory of her hysterectomy surgery where an intern had been leaning on her leg. And, of course, under anesthesia, you can't resist that. So he had compressed her leg down into the hip, and he had subluxated the whole thing So because of his body weight while he was watching the surgery. But John walked her through the whole surgery, and she described everything. And in the end, you know, being a, a curious fellow and being somebody who's willing to go, you know, to, to follow things here and having some psychology background, he said to her, you know, your pain's not going to go away until you let go of your anger. And she let go of her anger and her pain to go away. She had one session after that where she had to release some anger about something else with the whole thing, and then she was fine. You know, this whole thing of tissue memory, for us in craniopsychotherapy, it has to do with releasing the tissues and feeling it and getting that energy that's stuck there, getting it out. When you just bring it up, but it doesn't get released or resolved, 
that's when it drives people. You know, that's when it, it upsets people. But when you let it go and there's a real resolution and you get that energy out of the tissues and the contracture gone, then you have healing. Then you have a therapeutic shift and change. Dr. Lisa, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me about craniosacral therapy today. Anyone wanting to learn more about craniosacral therapy should check out their website at www.upledger.com or www.upledgerclinic.com. You've been listening to the podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'll be back again next week with another edition, but to learn more about our guest today, please visit the podcast page at www.unbreakyourhealth.com. We'd love to hear from you about this program. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. This program is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.